0: So I'd like to turn to Psalm 90. In our Bible, Psalm 90. It's um, a psalm that's often referred to at the end of the old year. It's also good to reflect upon this past year and also the swift passing away of our lives. It's good to reflect on that and to learn to number our days as God wants us to... So Psalm 90, and our focus will be verse 12. You could say verse 12 is sort of the window in which we may see the rest of the psalm. That's what we hope to do this morning, verse 12. Let's hear God's word. Lord, by the way, this is a prayer of Moses, so this is not particularly of David. Moses, boy... You see all the experiences of God's people in the wilderness. It was not easy. Hardship after hardship. And many times they just were willful in disobedience. God's wrath was on them. And yet God brought them through. And uh, Moses now speaks from his experience. Probably at the edge of Canaan. Just reflecting. Verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the fount- mountains were born, brought forth, or you, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man to destruction and say, return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood. They are like asleep. sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it is cut down and withers. For we have been consumed by your anger. By your wrath we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength, they are 80 years, and yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, it's soon cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger, for as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. O, satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear in your servants, to your servants, and your glory to their children. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So if you look at verse 12, that's our window into this psalm this morning. So teach us, this is a prayer, so teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So, yes, we enter into the last week of 2021 2021 I'm going to say say 2020 2021 and it will never ever be repeated in history 2021 is then history. It's not true that history goes in cycles history is moving forward And it continues to march forward to that grand climax. That's what we have to keep in mind. It's marching forward in a straight line, you could say, to the day of Christ's return. You know, time moves forward, no doubt. Another year older. We get older, and that's another truth. We never get younger. We can't make ourselves one year less this coming year. We just get one year older. And you know, for children oh, it's exciting to get just a little bit older. We look forward to getting older, right? License and many other things, more school. But when you get to be parents, your parents, or even grandparents, you're thinking, time is going too fast. Slow down a bit, time. It just seems to go a lot, lot faster when you get older. It just seems to multiply the years. I know every day is the same length, but it just feels that way. You know, as we reflect on this past year, there are moments in our lives we may think, oh, I would just love to live that moment again. Certain moments, right? Just uh, just love to go back to that and relive that. But I think for most of us, we can think also of many more moments that we think, I don't want to go through that again. I, I really don't want to relive those moments. And we can all share in that moments like, Crushed dreams, frustrations, right? When things really don't go our own way, and it's just, it just ends up becoming more frustrating, doesn't it? Disappointments. And then, to top it all off, illnesses and diseases of loved ones. And then you have moments of anguish. We have times of fear. We've had plenty of that in the last year or two for different reasons. But you know what? Above all, the biggest issue is our sinfulness, our sins. Our sins, our sins is what brings the frustrations and the complications in our lives. Our lives get messy, don't they? And when our lives get messy, those are the times when the Lord often enters into our situations and he's teaching us. He's teaching us to number our days. Those are good moments. Those are, in, in a sense, when we accept those moments and realize, hey, we've done wrong and we turn to the Lord, those are positive moments because in that, the Lord is, in te- is teaching us, instructing us to number our days. <clears throat> yes, we have regrets. We may wish we could do those parts of our lives all over again, but you can't. You look in the past, you just can't do it over again. You can't relive the past. And you know what else? The sands of time will never erase those awful moments in your past. But who can erase those awful moments? God in Christ. He truly is the great one. You just heard that yesterday. He came into this world to what we live in a cancel culture, but he came into the world to cancel our sins. That's the greatest cancel there is. To cancel our ways, to wash away our sins and to revive us. And that's what we want to focus on this morning too in this psalm. We're going to see some really neat things. We're going to see some really hard things. We're going to face reality for what it really is. But then we're going to say, but even in the midst of that, God's people can have confidence. And so the psalmist says, teach us. So teach us, Lord, to number our days. And to number our days means more than just counting our days. Okay, how many days have I lived so far? No, that's not what it really refers to. In view of the shortness, our lives are really, really short compared to eternity. May we, as God's people, learn how to use the days God has given us in a way that glorifies Him, in a way that serves Him, in a way that may build up His church and build up for the kingdom, because that's what's lasting. Everything else is momentary, everything else is temporary, including our own lives on earth. But that's what's lasting His kingdom. His word endures forever, as we heard earlier. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. For what purpose? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so, when we pray, teach us, Lord, to number our days, we're praying for three things, really. The first thing we want to pray for is, cause us to know, Lord, that at the end of the year, that our dwelling place Is in you. He's the only permanent. He's the only one who does not change. He's the only one who who lives forever and ever and ever. And that brings us to that first two verses. Cause us, Lord, to know that you alone are our dwelling place. It's in you. See verse 1? Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Dwelling place it's sort of an old phrase. What's a dwelling place? A dwelling place is your home. And when you think of home, you think of relationships. You think of something that's intimate. You think of something that's safe. A place where you're protected. A place where you're secure. There is no other place in the world where you're going to find security except in God. He's your only secure dwelling place in this world and forever. Wow, what a place. What a safe place to be knowing this at the end of another year. And then the psalmist continues, you have been the dwelling place from generation to generation. God is our provision for every need. He is our refuge, not just this generation, but in generations past, even generations before, our fathers in the faith who passed on before us, they are continuing to be in God's dwelling place. They continue to live in God. This is our God. What kind of Lord is he who is our dwelling place? You notice know, the word, the name Lord here is not capitalized. Capital O L-O-R-D. Okay, capital L-O-R D is his covenant name, the name of a relationship. But here the Psalmist wants to point is this Lord in whom we find our dwelling place, he's the sovereign one. He's the one in whom we can bank on. He's trustworthy. So it is the covenant name Lord, but here it really mentions the, the sovereignty of God. He's a sovereign Lord. All things are in his hands. Including our lives, all the details. You know what? We can't make ourselves we can't make our lives live a day longer, not a day shorter. It's already accounted for by God. God intends for us to die the day that He is chosen. Right? It's it's all in His hands. Notice verse two The Sovereign Lord. Who is He? Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is before all creation, and from him all creation proceeds. From him all creation comes forth. Of course, we know that that came by the word of his mouth. Creation came by the word of his mouth, by the power of his word. He's the eternal one. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You know, Israel, God's people, they were in the wilderness because of their sins. And even in the midst of their sins, in the midst of continuous punishment for their sins, chastisement for their sins, God still reaches out to his people. If you look at Deuteronomy 33, 27, nearing the border of Canaan, God says, The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are his everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and say, Destroy. This is our God the one in whom we find refuge. There are no other gods who can compare. There are no other gods, period. There is no other home on earth that compares to this home. He's eternal. You know what? The world is homeless. All those who are outside of Christ are really homeless. You have a home. And you can rest in that. You have a home. Those who do not find their life in God live in a home which is here today and gone tomorrow. You really begin to see that. And their lives will be uprooted and their lives will be thrown into the fire. But your home is in the eternal God. That's that's the comfort here. It's in the eternal God. As God's adopted children, you are rooted in Him through faith in Christ. You know, I love the, you could say, the New Testament counterpart to this verse. Right? Really, the a fuller, richer expression of Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2, is found in Colossians 3. If you look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Apostle Paul says there, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. With Christ, your life is hidden in God. That's that's life. That's real life. That's true life. That's the life we have in Christ or with Christ in God. You know, it's beautiful that it's also even richer still because where does God dwell today? He dwells in the congregation. He dwells within his church by his spirit. Ephesians 2, 22. That's where he lives today. That's home. Boy, when we have this, you know, when we find the the worship of God, the, the 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 congregation coming together, that's the you could say the hub of the wheel, the center of life. Because out of that center of life, we can face what's before us in verses three through twelve. If we don't have this, verses three through twelve are just horrible. But when we have this, when we're rooted in God, we're rooted in His congregation rooted in his dwelling place, the church today, there's going to be more of course, as we see when Christ comes back about the dwelling place, but when we're rooted in it, we have that the faith, and we, have the, we have the strength of faith to face what we see in verses 3 through 12. And that brings us to our second point. And our first point we, we noted here that um, what was it? Uh, Cause us to know Lord our dwelling place is in you. Okay, that's the first thing. But the second thing is, cause us to know, Lord, the shortness of our life in this temporary world. It's God's world, no doubt. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a temporary world. It's, the life is short. It's brief. That makes the larger part of the psalm here. The truth of God's word in verses 1 and 2 prepares us when we live out of verses 1 and 2 by faith, that's what God uses to teach us, to prepare us for the year to come and for the years to come. Our life is brief. Our death is certain. The psalmist is a realist. right? Certainly we may have our dreams. right? We may have our ambitions. Oh, the Lord creates us with that but there's still that reality that we need to face. Our life is brief. Death is certain. And as God's people, we alone know why. Why that is. Because when God created the world, he gave this world to man so that this world would be a home. Right? A dwelling place of God. That's why God created man. So that he could live with God, live in intimate relationship with him. Enjoy him, walk with him, serve him in the daily work that God had called him to do. But when mankind chose chose to disobey God, it's we who brought this upon ourselves, not God. God said, the day that you eat of this tree, the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. God keeps his promises. Man chose to We chose an Adam and everything changed. And God did as He promised. He immediately punished sin with death. With death. Death is not natural. You hear the world say, Oh, death is natural. People even start saying, Oh, death is so beautiful. No, it's not. It's ugly. It stinks. It's not natural. It's abnormal. God did not create you to die. And the very fact that we all die says something about the just sentence of God in the psalmist, in this psalm. Wow. Verses 3 through 10 pictures God's punishment on sin. Look at verse 3. The psalmist says, You turn men to destruction, and you say, Return, O children of men. This is God saying this, return, return to the dust, O children of men. Our idea of returning to the dust is not our idea, but God already said that to Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Death is not the natural consequence of sin, merely. We talk about death being a natural consequence of sin, but it's more than that, it's the punishment of God. It's a manifestation of His wrath. Notice that? You turn man into destruction. I mean, we have to have a a sense of the holiness of God. He's displeased with sin. He's, uh, he's, he's, He's just, and He's right. He's perfectly right in His justice. God's just wrath on sin is the reason for man's brief life On earth. Psalmist says it as it is. It's hard. But you know what? Think of verses one and two. Keep that in mind. It prepares us for the hard blows in life. Every it, it, it comes to the people of God, too. Those hard blows in life. Look at verses four through six. It shows a number of devastating comparisons. A thousand years in your sight, verse four, are like what? Yesterday when it's past. One day. You know, we think one day is quite a bit before God. 1,000 years is like one day. And then he goes on to say, and like a watch in the night, you carry them away like a flood, and you are like and they are like asleep. So there's four likes here. like yesterday, like a watch in the night, like a flood, like a sleep it passes so quickly and it's over before you know it I think the older we get we realize wow it's over before we know it our lives on earth a thousand years are like a watch in the night how long is a watch in the night your life is like a watch in the night a watch in the night is about three to four hours very brief you know the boasting of man on earth is foolish It's sinful. It's so short-sighted. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know what God says about the nations in Isaiah 40? Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket, one drop in the bucket, and are counted as small dust on the scales. That's all it is to the Lord. He lifts up the aisles, that's a very little thing. Think of the Lord, right? When you're young, you know what? And this is, a, and this is really the blessing of the Lord. When, the, when you're young, the Lord fills you with vim and vigor, right? Gives you um, lots of um, things to look forward to. And your life is full of promise. You work hard and you enjoy the blessings which God's give you. Truly is, and for the Christian, this truly is a blessing of the Lord. You serve Him, and life just seems to be forever, doesn't it? We hardly think about it the fact that life is short. But look at verses 5 and 6. Notice what the psalmist says In the morning, that means early on in life, they are like grass which grows up, it flourishes and grows up, looks young, looks healthy. And in the evening, that's just a little bit later, one day in the evening, it is cut down and withers. Note the brevity of life. Morning, evening. You know, this is not the way God originally intended it. Sin is really the cause of all the frustration and the disappointments and the sufferings and the temptations and death the child of God laments in verses 7 and 8 for we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath we are terrified you have set our iniquities before you our secret sins in the light of your presence Moses again who wrote this psalm may be lamenting God's wrath on his people for their disobedience in the wilderness it doesn't mean they weren't saved that's not more saying here But God was teaching them to number their days. Sometimes the Lord delivers blows, not because He hates us, not because He wants to destroy us, but He wants us to bring us back to Him. He wants us to live by faith. He calls us to repentance because He loves us. Right? Think of Hebrews 12. The Lord disciplines those whom He loves. The Lord teaches us to number our days with the intent that we take His wrath seriously. Right? But also with the intent that he always, that we see him always wanting to bring us back to himself to be reminded of verses one and two. He's our life. There's nowhere else you're gonna find it. And we need to be reminded of that continuously. Right? Our hearts tend to wander away so quickly. And the Lord is so good to us, so gracious to us by pointing these things out because he doesn't want to see us get hurt, he wants to keep us close to him. He wants to keep us in in his home, in his house. But sometimes he delivers blows in life to kind of teach us so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And boy, that's what the Lord wants us to become wise children in this age. God's wrath is often ignored. His wrath is often explained away. But it's something that needs to be taught it's something, it's very humbling to hear about this. And I think that's probably why we tend to ignore it. Yet yeah, God even sets our secret sins in light of His presence. You know those sins that we hide in our hearts? Those other sins that no one knows about. Those secrets, those deep, dark secrets. You know, they're as plain as daylight to God. David himself acknowledges that in Psalm 139. He says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. The night shines as the day. The darkness and light are both alike to you. Wow, having God as our dwelling place makes us all the more aware that our lives are lived out in His presence. From 7 a.m. in the morning till the next day, 7 a.m., our lives are lived in the presence of God. Life is brief. Death is certain. Death will come to all of us. The child of God continues with this sobering truth in verses 9, 10, and 11. He says, for all our days have passed away in your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. That's life. It's a sigh. Our lives end with a whimper. The days of our years, the days of our lives are how long? Seventy years. That's nothing compared to eternity. And if we have the strength, 80 years. Yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, and soon is cut off and we fly away. Fly away doesn't mean we have wings. It just simply means that we pass away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as a fear of you, so is your wrath. You know, at the end of the year, as God's children living by the truth of verses 1 and 2, we also acknowledge that it's only by grace that we are there, that we have that blessing of being rooted in Him, of being in His dwelling place. But we also recognize that we too deserve God's wrath. God's grace in Christ makes us realize that we deserve His wrath. That's His grace. Again, this is God's grace that makes us see this. Teach us to number our days. So that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But you know what? The psalmist doesn't end there. Praise God. But these are sobering realities. These are truthful realities. Who of us hasn't faced suffering, hardship, disappointments, broken dreams, and many other hard things? But the psalmist wants us to continue. Because of verse 1 and 2. There's more. There's the the joy of salvation in the midst of hardship. Teach us to number our days. And so cause us, Lord, finally, to know our confidence is in you. That's where our confidence is. It's not anything else. Nothing that we do or who we are, but in God. And God, in his love and grace, he comes to his people. With his tender promises. Broken people. People who have felt his scourges in many ways. God's word is the basis for our confidence as we enter the new year. He's the God of the covenant. And so the child of God pleads on what basis? On the basis of his promises given to us in Christ. Salvation is not of ourselves. Is by grace. Salvation is of the Lord and by grace alone. The psalmist commands. You notice here that this is the only place where you see the commands. Right? The commands given by the psalmist in verses 13 through 17. He says here, Return, O Lord. Or verse 14. O satisfy us. Verse 15. Make us glad. Right? He just commands. Why commands. Why is he commanding God to do these things? because he knows the promises of God God never breaks his promises always returns to God and depends on his promises he knows God will always carry through with his promises and that's how we come to the end of the year we come to the God, the God of the promises look at first of all what he pleads in verse 13 return O Lord, how long and have compassion on your servants where else did we read this? verse 3 we're going to see three contrasts here Verse 3, return to the dust, right? And now on the basis of God's promise, of the child God says, return to me, O Lord. Have compassion. Return. God rebukes man with his turn back to the dust, in verse 3, and now the child of God comes back and returns the cry to God, turn back, be merciful. And here we witness a humble heart Teach us, Lord. Make us humble. Give us repentance. And wrath, remember mercy. And did God turn back? Yes, He does. And He did. Where did He turn back on? In Jesus. In His love, He sent Jesus. And what did God do? He averted, He averted His wrath that was to be on us by placing it entirely on Christ Himself, His Son. He took upon the wrath upon Himself, the wrath that we deserve, so that, what? In exchange we may experience His mercy, the mercy of God. Wrath averted, mercy enjoyed. Second, verses 14 and 15. He pleased, satisfy us early, Not with lots of cars and lotteries and lots of money. Those are good things. But where does satisfaction come from? ultimately? In your mercy. Satisfy us early with your mercy. So that what? We may rejoice and be glad all our days. You know the secret to rejoicing and being glad all our days? Finding mercy in Christ. The mercy, that mercy truly satisfies. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. The psalmist is saying that his life wasn't peachy. There are a lot of hard things. But he's saying that it's that mercy of God that makes us rejoice and sing and be glad again. Whereas all our days are under your wrath, but within the covenant, all our days begin to be joyful again. See the difference? There's the contrast from verse nine and here in verse 14 and 15. As God's people, our joy is shaped by the promise of God in 2 Corinthians 4:17. you notice how Second Corinthians 4:17 sees our afflictions that we face in this world as something light. <laughs> the true of God. that when, when the Lord teaches us to number our days, We begin to see our our afflictions in light of what, in light of the incomparable glory to come, we begin to see that those afflictions we face, though we may see them as really heavy, but by the perspective of the eternal glories to come, they're very, very light. Notice what 2 Corinthians 4.17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. Those afflictions we experience in life are working for us what? A more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our affliction, which is for the moment, is working for the glory of God, for the glory that is yet to come. You know, I was, this, this past week, I was struck by a testimony of a wife and mother, her husband. Again, godly man, godly family. But her husband is currently in the ICU with COVID and he's on a ventilator. Don't know if they think he's going to make it. Father? Of a wife? Children? Grandchildren? And this is what she writes. This is what she writes. It's time for me to express my gratitude. My gratitude for all the love and prayers and support to all of you, even as her husband is attached to Lines and lines and ventilator. This is what she writes: My husband will be overwhelmed when he hears all this. I'm thankful for my children, who have been a rock, and they know where this strength is coming from. Right now, the future is unknown for my husband, but she says this is my Christmas card to you this year. I'm praising and I'm thanking God for Jesus, who became man. And he knows our pain, our grief, our anger. He knows the answers to our questions. And yes, joy. She puts it in capitalized. Capital J, capital O, capital Y. Why is that? In the midst of all those hardships and possibly losing a father, husband, and grandfather in such hard circumstances. It's because she knows the mercy of God. It's satisfying. And she breaks out in joy and thanksgiving. Even in the midst of hardness. Oh yes, she would love to see him come out. But she has that satisfaction. And then she quotes this text someone given it to her, which was their wedding text. You see how the Lord works? What was the text that someone gave her, which was their wedding text? My soul, or our soul, waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Psalm 33. Yeah, he's the one. When we say, return, God listens on the basis of what he has done in Christ. Forgiven, dressed in the righteousness of Christ, in the home of God. And then, yeah, he satisfies with his mercy. That's the second thing. And only from that can you have that joy and thanks that comes from him. And finally, the crowning contrast is between what is seen as momentary and passing away in verses nine, sorry, verses three through twelve, and the glory of God in our lives. Look at verses fourteen and fifteen. Let your word appear to your servants, your glory to their children. You know, we think about it, your glory to your children. What promise there is for the covenant families of God in raising their children. Wow. These are promises. That God has given. What promises. He, we can have. When he says that our work. Our labor is no longer in vain. He will use it. And he will use it for his glory. He will use it for his kingdom. There is value. There is importance. It's not empty. You know I think of this past year. And I'm just amazed how. God in his mercy and his grace. Has. Has been filling up the benches here once again. We can all be encouraged by that. Just filling up the benches again. You see the Lord at work. And yeah, our home really is in Him. Our lives are in His hands. And to know that that's where we're going to find safety. We find safety in Christ. Whatever so may happen in our lives, our safety is in Him. Psalm ninety can be read with 1 Corinthians 15, the hope of the resurrection. And there it ends with the words, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's where the psalmist ends too. Establish our works, O Lord. Establish them. Because in Christ, in the risen Christ, our work is not in vain. The shadow of the cross which lay over Jesus' manger is that light and joy of our resurrection which fills our lives. You know, you talk about the dwelling place of God. That's our, God is our dwelling place. In Him we live and move and have our being. Right? In Christ, we enjoy this from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. The Lord loves the dwelling places of His people. And then to think that in the midst of the hardships of life, there's still a Better days coming. And I always like to refer to that. Revelation 21, where it talks about the dwelling place again. If you turn to Revelation 21, it says here in verse 3 And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. This is the word of the Lord. All flesh is as grass, says Peter, and all the glory of man as a flower of the grass. The grass withers, The flower falls away, but the word of the Lord is forever. Always go back to His word. Always hold on to the promises of His word in the midst of the hardships. This will enable us to continue to to face those hardships that we face in our lives. But also, we will be able to live out the joy of his resurrection for us. Live out of his word. Because the word is the only thing that endures. Amen.